Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Morning with Taylor and Jen. Fuzzy noodles. What's a fuzzy noodle? Did you forget your spaghetti? Life 107.1. I don't know if it's because their minds are just steel traps or if it's because they haven't cluttered it with song lyrics and movie quotes and the latest shape of a marshmallow in Lucky Charms. Are you talking about kids? Kids' minds. Because I know you're not talking about moms. Well, they, they just we remember, remember stuff. Any kids? And the most random things. They remember all the things you don't want them to remember. Yes. They latch onto this. This tweet has been going like super viral. Uh, his name's Todd. And he says, I asked my five-year-old what she wanted for dinner. And she said, not a burned quesadilla. Because in the summer of 2019, I overcooked one side of her quesadilla. <laughs> that was two years ago. But she remembers. They never forget that. That's a risk. <laughs> And I've, listen, me and my quesadilla have been burned once. It's not happening again. They do. They'll bring up that one fail over <laughs> and over and over again. That's why God gives us kids to keep yeah. us humble. They don't remember your successes. No. They remember the most embarrassing thing you did in front of them. <laughs> Katie, do you have a story about a mistake that you made that your kids will never let you forget? First day of kindergarten. I'm trying to be super mom. They have adorable outfits on, cute backpacks. They're ready to go. Their hair looks impeccable. And I decide I'm going to make them some cocoa weeds for breakfast. That's their favorite. They didn't get it very often. I thought, okay, they're going to get it today. So I'm cooking the cocoa weeds, and it boils so quickly that it boils completely over, burns all over the stovetop. The smoke alarms go off. Oh, no. Completely burned it. Totally inedible. Cannot eat it at all. And to this day, my kids will remind me that I burned the cocoa weeds on the first day of school. And here's what's funny about this. They are going to be 22 and 23 shortly, and one is getting married. And they're still telling you. Yes, I don't hear I don't hear about the beautiful outfits, the beautiful hairdo. No. All I hear about is that I burned the cocoa weeds. <laughs> When it comes to your mistakes as a parent, your children have long memories and they won't let you forget them. And if you're fortunate as an adult, sometimes you have a mistake that you can keep your parents from forgetting. We were at a girls shopping weekend and we all went into this like public restroom and you know, like it had probably like five stalls or whatever. My mom came out of the bathroom and she was dying laughing. I mean, like tears in her eyes. And she said, when I was in the bathroom stall, grandma, my grandma was there too. She said, grandma was in the stall next to me, and I touched her foot <laughs> with my hand. I touched my foot, and it was the funniest thing because the feet went, like, tiptoed to the way other side of the stall <laughs> to get away. And she laughed hysterically, and she thought it was so funny. And she said, she's going to come out here, and she's going to have a heart attack that somebody touched her foot that was in a different stall. And my mom turned around, and my grandma was not in the bathroom. <laughs> it was somebody else. I know. It was so funny. Yeah, I wouldn't let her live that down either. Now I'm like, hey, mom, I'm heading into the bathroom. Keep your hands in your own stall. Hey, Jen, have you made a mistake that your children will never let you forget? Let's see. There's so many to choose from. Yeah. (laughs) The one that they taught me about the most, we call the Dyson accident. The Dyson the accident. The Dyson accident. Okay. Yes. I was vacuuming the stairs mm-hmm. and the hose 
wouldn't reach up any further, so I took the Dyson up to the top of the stairs and started working my way down. Uh-huh. But the Dyson tumbled down <laughs> and um, cracked my head open and gave me a concussion. Oh, no! I woke up on the stairs with a handful of blood from my head. and Oh, my goodness. My husband was in a meeting, so he wasn't answering his phone, and my kids were all in school, obviously. And I called my friend Jenna, and her husband was a medic. He came over and, <laughs> and stabilized me. <laughs> and the kids won't let you forget about it. Oh, no. And, you know, they went and bought me a Lisa Frank bike helmet. <laughs> and told me that I am not allowed to do housework without wearing it. <laughs> it's got cat ears and everything. Taylor. Jen. We have a conundrum. In the cabinet. A conundrum in the cabinet? Here at work. Now, I do not have this conundrum in my home because I'm the only one that unloads the dishwasher at my mm-hmm. house, so I don't have to worry about it. But here at work, we are a team, and all of us, most of us, unload the dishwasher at one time or another, and we put away our dishes. Turns out there's a right and a wrong way to do that. Well, I think there is. The person who normally puts the dishes away, our lovely Sarah, She puts the cups and mugs opposite of the way that I believe they should go. (laughs) And here's the deal, Jen. You and I are on the same page there. I know. It's kind of funny. Sarah puts them upside down. She puts them upside down. Like, so the rim is touching the surface of the shelf. And I do not do that. When I put the dishes away, I always put the mugs facing up. And so that I can just take it right out of the cupboard and mm-hmm. I can put it right under the coffee dispenser. One smooth and simple motion. Exactly. Sarah's fantastic and I love her and, and mm-hmm. she likes them that way. And so when I, whenever I empty the dishwasher at work and I open the cupboard, I'm like, oh. so I'm faced with this dilemma. Mm-hmm. Do I put them right side up the way that I want them? Do I put them upside down the way that Sarah wants them? Or do I just shut everything and walk away and let somebody else deal with it? (laughs) All of those are definitely an emotionally responsible reply to what's going on. I mean, because heaven forbid you have mugs in there that are two different ways. No, that would would be a gateway to chaos. (laughs) But you can't compromise your cup convictions. Oh, here he goes. You can't do that. No, you can't. Could you? This could be really important. You could need to impress somebody. Mm -hmm. You could be trying to fit in on your team at work. You could just want to have a cupboard that looks right. But you have to be able to answer the question, which way do the mugs go? When you empty the dishwasher or when they're done drying on the rack, do the mugs go rim up or rim down when you put them in the cupboard? I think mugs should go upside down, and this is why. Okay. You don't know what kind of bugs or dandruff or dust mites or (laughs) air or any other creature might have come across that mug that's right side up. But if you turn it upside down, aren't you putting like the very part that you're putting your mouth on, you're just putting it in the dust? Like you might as well just lick your cabinets. (laughs) But... It's not settled in the bottom of your cup. Oh. It's not, oh. You can take the top plate 
I take the next plate down because you don't know what's been on that top plate. Really? Oh, my goodness. That's a yeah. whole new level. <laughs> yeah. In your own house? Yeah. Who do you give the top plate to? Do you have a 16-year-old son? <laughs> it stays there. It just stays there. It just- I don't know, Taylor. The cups are starting to get stacked against us. I'm hearing from friends. We're hearing from you. Lots of people putting their mugs upside down. They're putting it upside down. You and I put them right side up, which is right. Because it's right side up. (laughs) My whole life, upside down. Always has been. Every house I've been in. Aunt, uncle, whatever. So I do the same thing here. But there's one row, my glass little cups, they're right side up. Why? And I ask myself the same thing because... I'm scared of spiders. What if a spider, like, climbs into one of those open face when it could have just been not in there by me flipping the cup over upside down? So why? Maybe it's just a rebel inside of me. Like, there's just that one little thing. Just inviting danger. You might find a tarantula inside your cup. It it looks cooler, you know? You open the thing, and, you know, if you have a friend over, you know, like, inside their head, they're like, wow, this guy lives dangerous, you know? Yeah, that's what they're thinking. That's exactly what they're thinking, Urbano. They'll know you live on the edge. This is hilarious. I mean, it's really a thing. It's interesting the number of people who've brought up the fear of a spider crawling inside their coffee mug. My mugs don't spend that much time in the cupboard. I know. Mine don't spend enough time in there to, to gather dust. <laughs> or spiders. But here's my that's thinking. that's what we're telling ourselves. If you turn it upside down and you put the rim on there, you're like rubbing the rim around in all the dust that's accumulated <laughs> on your cabinets. I don't know, Taylor. It's more likely for that to happen than for like stalactites in my, <laughs> it's starting- my cupboard to start dropping in there. The bats are going to fall off the roof and land in my coffee mug. Dude, where are your cupboards? I, I have to go down to the bat cave for them. <laughs> Well, this has turned into quite the hot topic. Yeah. All right. Emptying the dishwasher. You open up the cupboard. You go to put in a mug. Rim up or rim down? What do you think, Catherine? Okay. So I should start by telling you that I have way too many dishes. I know I have at least 14 sets and the minimum is place serving for six. Dude. So I have lots of cupboards issues. But anyway, for cups and all those sorts of things, I alternate them. One up, one down, because they fit more in the space I have that way. Oh, yeah. They're usually a different size than the top. You. There you go. You play Tetris. (laughs) I sort of do. You maximize (laughs) space. Now, see, this is a smart lady. She's got a good reason for it that doesn't involve dust and spiders and stalactites. Yeah, Yeah, I'm not worried about spiders and stalactites because if I were to find any spiders in my dishes, which I never have, but if I were to, they would go in the dishwasher and get washed. Exactly. (laughs) Or thrown against the wall and get broken. Nope, we're done with this one. (laughs) I got to spend some time with my small group yesterday afternoon, which was a ton of fun. We went and sat around a campfire, mm-hmm. and of course, some smart person brought marshmallows. You can't have a campfire and I not mean, have marshmallows. If, if you have a fire, an open flame, and you're cooking, and you don't have marshmallows, it's an incomplete experience. You've, you've failed. So nobody was opening up the marshmallows, and I was like, well, I'm not going to let these go to waste. So I got my skewer thing, Mm -hmm. and it was the one that has the two-prong, you know, and I stuck the 
marshmallows on the end, and then I just shoved it in the fire, like which is what I always do. And you ruined them, no, didn't I did you? not ruin them. You ruined I them. I lit them on fire. I held them up triumphantly. <laughs> Everybody was like, "What are you doing?" I was like, "I'm making my marshmallows. What's the problem?" They were bubbling. There was like fire on the inside. Oh. It was bubbling, and it was black, and it was lovely. Oh. And then I <laughs> blew it off. And then I used my fingernails and I pulled it off. Nope. Nope. And then I went, clump, and I ate it. And it was awesome because the outside is crunchy and the inside is gooey. And it's got just enough of that carbon taste in it to make it like, you know, really good. And as I inhaled I all of the free radicals of the carbon into my body and I felt like I was truly enjoying this campfire experience, out of the eight people that were there, six of them told me that I had just ruined the marshmallows. And I agree with those six. And I truly felt like I was in the minority and being beaten up on right then because I like my marshmallow set on fire. How long do you let your marshmallow burn before you say, okay, that's enough destruction of a good food? It it depends. How annoyed am I making everybody else in the group? <laughs> I think I annoyed some of my friends in my small group yesterday. You annoyed them. Well, we were having like a fire pit type situation. Mm -hmm. There was a fire. There were skewers. There were marshmallows. So what's a girl to do? She roasts marshmallows. So I stick two marshmallows on the end of my skewer and I stick them in the fire and I let them catch. And then I hold them up triumphantly while they're burning. Everybody's Losing their minds. And I just, yeah. and then I blow them out and then I eat them because that's how you do. Jen, as your brother in Christ, I have to tell you, you could not be more wrong about how to cook a marshmallow. I don't understand. That is not annoying. Is it, Steph? You are not annoying. Oh. Taylor's annoying. <laughs> what? Hey, now. <laughs> See, Stephanie is 100% right on this Monday morning. Uh, Great job out of you, Steph. Yeah. So, so you, you like to just incinerate your marshmallow. Yeah. And did you know there's a chocolate with chocolate inside the marshmallow now? They have chocolate marshmallows? And you burn yes. it? Yes. Stephanie, there's chocolate marshmallows that I can light on fire? Yes. Oh! Oh, my goodness. And there's chocolate on the inside of it. Oh, my goodness, Stephanie. <laughs> you want to talk about heaven? Yes. <laughs> I don't know if it says something about personalities across the board, but in this discussion, it doesn't surprise me that I'm the one that likes to stick the marshmallow in the fire, Mm. light it up, and then blow on it and eat it nice and crispy when you like it. You cook yours really slow. It's golden brown. (laughs) Make it golden brown. You you are reckless. I am responsible. Honestly, I honestly think, I really think this. Golden brown marshmallows are boring. Really? Yes, they're just boring. I have to decide with Jen on this one. <gasps> oh, I'm loving the way this is going. It's no good if it's not black, because that's what gives it flavor. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think the golden brown really brings out the flavors. No. And the black, no, no, the no. blackening There's kind no. of like it masks it with the taste of burning. No, 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 no. Because that way it's nice and gooey inside. Yes. And you put that with the chocolate and the graham cracker. Mm. Perfect. Doesn't that sound good mm. for breakfast? No, it doesn't. Yeah, I can taste it right now, can't you, Jen? Oh, I totally can. I just love shaving I ate off about ten of them yesterday. It's like I sat <laughs> under an erupted volcano and let it rain down on my dessert. <laughs> you want to hear something that's going to blow your mind just a little bit? Yes. We, on average, make about twenty five hundred decisions a day. That's a lot of decisions. I know. It's no wonder we're exhausted by the end of the day, right? Now, often when those decisions come up, we get advice. 
Mm-hmm. Sometimes we choose to listen to the advice. Yep. Sometimes we choose not to listen to the advice. Yeah. Let me tell you a story <laughs> about me choosing not to listen to what turned out to be excellent advice. Okay. I went on a vacation. I was with my sister, who is younger than I am, and we were laying on a beach. It was warm, Mm -hmm. but the clouds were in front of the sun, and the wind was blowing, and we were underneath an umbrella, mostly. So when my sister, who is younger than I am, said to me, you know, Jen, you really should put on some sunscreen, I was like, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's so cloudy. I said it's cloudy. And it's, it's, you know, the wind is blowing and I feel fine. I don't think I'm getting any sun. And she was like, okay. <laughs> she says, but just remember, I warned you. And I was like, okay. So I laid out there for, mm-hmm. you know, a couple hours. <laughs> and then I went back into my hotel room to, to use the facilities. And when I looked at myself in the mirror, I thought, huh. I might be getting the beginnings of a little bit of a sunburn. Oh, really? You so might have. Then I put on some sunscreen. Uh huh. Have you ever heard the saying about you know the whole lock in the barn door after the horse has already gotten out? Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much that's, what I did. Got yourself a good burn. By that evening, I looked like a Maine lobster. <laughs> So the advice that I ignored was from my little sister about putting on sunscreen at the beach, which I didn't do. Now, Steph, do you have a younger brother or sister? I have one. Okay. How much do you love taking advice from them? Never. You see? (laughs) I mean, even if I knew it was a good idea, I don't know if I would take it because it's my little sister. Anytime my brother gives me advice, I always double check it with my dad. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't need that advice. What advice? You knew what you were doing. Oh, the advice that I got that I ignored and then I paid the consequences? Yeah. You you, you don't don't need it. You're fine. (laughs) You can follow your own path. And then you realized, oh, maybe that was good advice. Jen, did I ever tell you I was a backup high school mascot at a football game? A backup mascot? So we had, you know, we had someone who dressed up in the Panther costume. Oh, is it and Panthers? Like, and went out and like got all the crowd riled up and she was sick one day. Okay. And me being the son of the coach who was not playing football anymore, they were like, Taylor, would you like to be the Panther at this week's football game? I was like, that's actually kind of awesome. I've never been a mascot before. This is going to be fun. So the backup mascot got to be the first string mascot. I, I got to be the first string mascot <laughs> at a high school football game. And they said, you know, you, you don't need to go over the top, you know, like celebrate on scores and like do these things. And I'm like, you kidding me? I'm going to be the best Panther mascot ever. Oh, no. And Jen, I am running up and down the sidelines. I'm doing one push up for every point we score. I'm like doing cartwheels and dancing with the cheerleaders. You, you want to know something, Jen? What, Taylor? Guess what that costume is made out of? What? Like felt. <laughs> and guess what time of year it was? Oh, no. It was August. In Texas? In Texas. Taylor. Jen, I just about passed out from dehydration. You didn't listen to people. No, I didn't. better. They're like, yeah, pace yourself. I didn't even drink water until <gasps> I took that suit off. Taylor. It was drenched. Taylor, you're lucky that you were okay after... Well, I I don't know. It actually explains a lot of things. (laughs) We make 2,500 decisions a day. Sometimes we get advice about those decisions. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we take it. 
Sometimes we don't. John, do you have some <laughs> advice that you didn't follow? I continue to sometimes ignore it to this day. Oh. Oh, boy. What you doing there, John? My dad would always have these, you know, gold nuggets of wisdom, right? Mm-hmm. And he, unfortunately, is no longer with us to provide these golden nuggets of wisdom. And I wouldn't say I was clumsy, right? But growing up, you stub your toe on something mm-hmm. and the pain just shoots right up your body and oh, you yeah. almost fall over from the pain, right? Mm-hmm. Right. So my dad would simply say, John, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> but you keep doing that. I know. <laughs> Now, of the 2,500 decisions that we make on a daily basis, most of them are not of huge consequence. What color shirt am I going to wear today? How much, you know, am I going to put creamer in my coffee and how much? You know, that those types of things. They may not seem consequential, and they're certainly not always the ones that we stress over. Mm-hmm. But I think pretty much on any given day, we have to make a decision of consequence. Yeah. And when you start to think about that, you can get analysis paralysis. You can get overly anxious. Am I going to make the right decision? What's going to happen if I do this? The whole rest of my life is going to crumble. Mm-hmm. Remember how hard it was to choose college? Oh, my goodness. And remember how hard it was to choose a major? Choosing a major. Oh, my goodness. Remember, trying to decide which who, who are you going to marry? Is that, were you going to ask Lindsay to marry mm-hmm. you or not? I mean, all of that stuff. I mean, yeah. You can really get bogged down and extremely extremely upset about all of it. And then you remember that pair of Bible verses that we all learned, all of us that went to Sunday school at some point, we've all learned those verses, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Mm. That verse comes into play when you have to make all those 2,500 decisions. Because what else does it say? It says, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Mm. And then what's next? He'll make your path straight. He will make your path straight. God gave us the Holy Spirit. Jesus did when he left. He gave us the Holy Spirit. And he tells us that that Holy Spirit is a gift mm-hmm. that he gave us. And it was a gift that gave us peace. Peace when we make these decisions. You know, sometimes we might make the wrong one. But God has already promised that he's going to make the way straight. Mm. So even though we make a bad decision, Joseph's brothers, God (laughs) can make the way straight. You know, where you go to college, the person that you marry, the decisions that you have to make about kids and raising them and whether you take a job or not, you acknowledge him in those decisions. You make it with the right motivation and God takes care of the rest. Man, all this time I thought of that verse as like, acknowledge God and he's going to put you on the straightest path. And it's more like, trust God to straighten out that path even when you make the wrong decision. I hope you have been really enjoying the weather lately. I mean, the sun's been out. The temperature's just been like perfect. What did you say about this? You said this was... Yard work weather? It's yard work weather. Uh huh. Like literally, it, it's the weather started getting like this, and Lindsay looked at me and she's like, "Let's buy some shrubs." Oh, just you like bought shrubs. We, we got some shrubs. We cleared out a bunch of rocks in a back garden, put down mulch, and planted shrubs. Like it was a yard work a thon. That is some seriously hard work. It, it was a lot of hard work, but you know the weather was great for it, mm-hmm. and we're getting it all done, and it's all looking really good. And now the time comes to just like you know spray down all the mess that we've made and clean off the porch and all that kind of stuff. Okay. 
And so we go looking for the little attachment that goes on the end of the hose that you can spray stuff with. The spray nozzle? The, the spray Is that what it's called? It's a nozzle. So we're looking for the spray nozzle, and it is nowhere to be found. Oh. I mean, we're in the garage. We're looking in the little box that we have on the back porch with all the stuff in it. It is nowhere. Why wasn't it with the hose? <laughs> Beats me. <laughs> Isn't but it then, your hose? then Lindsay goes, okay, I'm having this weird memory. I think I know where it is. Oh, oh, she found it? Yeah, she sent me inside, into our kitchen. In the house? In the kitchen? And on the edge of our counter, we have our junk drawer. Oh, boy. And that's where all of the letters go. We have some compost-it stickers. (laughs) We have a hammer in there. And we have the spray nozzle. (gasps) Yay! You found it! How long had it been missing? Oh, like at least a year, I think. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Why was it gone for a year? I don't know. Did you clean out the junk drawer after finding no. it? No. <laughs> I just pulled the nozzle out and like kind of patted everything else down so I could close it again. <laughs> it had been hard to open for a while. Well, gee, I wonder why. Uh, that might be. <laughs> might have found the culprit. Junk drawers exist for a purpose. Yeah. Because we don't know where to put it. You have all of your odds and ends. And and it it just, needs to be put away, but I just don't know where. But it's weird what ends up in the junk drawer. I had at least seven things in the junk drawer that I didn't know what it was. Like a headset with a light on it. You know, crazy things that my <laughs> husband just kept saying. Oh, that's mine. I'm not sure what he's doing. How do you with fit that in a junk drawer? He's going spelunking. I don't know. However, my weirdest find was I had 22 brand new chapsticks. How big is this drawer? It's not very big, but every time I would go somewhere like a University of Iowa or a teaching conference or something, they would give chapsticks. And as long as they had the seal on them, I would just take a couple of them and then I would give them to kids when I was a teacher that didn't have chapstick because they would see me use mine and they'd be like, can I use that? And I thought, oh, no, you can't use that. But here's a brand new one for you. <laughs> but now you're not teaching. But you still have 22. Well, I put them in a gallon Ziploc bag, and I'm looking for our closest teacher that I can pass them <laughs> off to. What's in your junk drawer? Taylor found a garden hose spray nozzle in his, and I found fuzzy socks in mine. I think we can beat those fuzzy socks with fuzzy noodles. Fuzzy noodles? What's a fuzzy noodle? Did you forget your spaghetti? (laughs) Yeah. What? Somebody put noodles in the junk drawer. Help me understand. Were these cooked noodles or dry noodles or what? They were cooked. Somebody didn't want to eat them. We got little ones. What are your kids stuck a bowl of uneaten noodles in the junk drawer? Yeah. (laughs) Oh, boy. How long before you found them? Well, long enough for it to start... Growing. The Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.